This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's officially spring, a time of new beginnings and growth. And what better way to embrace that than trying something new? Whether it's taking a class or maybe it's picking up a hobby, joining an interest group, there are a ton of ways to get involved. And as part of our Chicago Innovators series, we are joined by a group here in the city building a community of queer climbers and promoting representation of LGBTQ athletes. We're joined now in the studio by Queers on the Rocks co-organizers, Donya Rosen and Daniel Bedoya. Thank you both for being here. Hey, Sasha, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Pretty doing excited. Well. Doing pretty yeah. well for yeah. yourself there. <laughs> uh, Danya, I'll start with you because you got to give us the backstory here. Queers on the Rocks, how did it start? Yeah, absolutely. So Queers on the Rocks was actually founded in 2019. Our founder, Sarah Stellino, was a queer climber, was noticing that, hey, there are a lot of queer groups and queer climbers across the country, but how is there nothing in Chicago yet? So she started talking to other queer climbers in Chicago. She actually talked to the founder of a group called Brown Girls Climb to get inspiration and to get advice on, hey, how do we launch a meetup? How do we bring people nice. together successfully? Yeah. Uh, they had their first meetup actually Pride Weekend in 2019, and it took off from there. She actually then married one of the other organizers. Oh, they moved away, and then we relaunched in 2021. Okay, yeah, because you know when when people come on the show and they talk about something starting in 2019, you know what I think? Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Yep. What happened the next year? You had to stop. You had to sort of shut it down. Um, how long have you been climbing, Danya? I have been climbing for eight years. Eight years. Where did you get your interest from? So I. You know, ever since I was little, I was always climbing on things. I was always getting to getting into trouble, always, you know, climbing up trees. So I always knew I wanted to climb. But climbing can be a little intimidating. It's a little scary. You have to, you have to have a harness. You have to know how to belay. I didn't know anyone who climbed. I watched a lot of climbing videos. Nobody, nobody looked like me, mm. right? They all had different identities. And so it wasn't actually until uh, about eight years ago, I went with a group of coworkers, absolutely fell in love with it. Oh, nice. Signed up for a membership the next day and I was hooked and I've been deeply involved ever I since. I hope Team Reset is listening because that's <laughs> going to be our next bonding trip. <laughs> We're going to climb. Uh, Daniel, same question for you. How did you get started? So I was actually a theater freelancer out in New York City pre-pandemic. 2020 came along and kind of halted the industry. And, you know, I was cramped in, like, my shoebox apartment in Brooklyn. And I thought, man, I really want to, like, get out there and, like, reconnect with nature. I hate being in the city. And me and my best friend, Henry, we we FaceTimed one day. We were like, what if we just, like, did, like, a two and a half month cross country road trip. So that's what we did. We did a bunch of wilderness camping. So we visited like eleven national parks, a bunch of state and national forests. Wow. Um, staying away from people, of course. But I was gonna say you weren't terrified. Uh, two and you a know, half months. There was a couple of times where I was like, "What if we're in the middle of like a Texas highway and one of us just comes down with COVID? What are we gonna do?" Um, you know, it's fine. I'm still here. But anyway, um, so that's when I uh, that's when I discovered being outdoors and being in nature and like discovered this like freedom of being like on the trails. And mm. so when I moved back home with my family um, in Niles, right uh, outside the city, that's when um, I I started working at REI through REI. I got um, introduced to First Ascent and where's where I actually work now. Um, so I started climbing at First Ascent. I've only been climbing for about a year and a half. And it's uh, it's been utterly life-changing um there's just something about um connecting to my body doing this really great movement and finding this community that i didn't know existed um it's been it's been pretty great yeah well Danya, building a a community of queer trans and and gender non-conforming climbers that's one of the group's focuses it, it sounds like right so in in climbing do you think that there is a lack of queer representation i mean you talked about the 
fact that there wasn't even a group in Chicago before yours in 2019. Absolutely. So there are queer climbers, but there isn't the visibility that there could be. And there aren't opportunities for people to come and climb together. And that's really what we wanted to build and what we wanted to create together. We wanted to not just galvanize, but bring people together, show visibility, but also opportunities for queer and trans and non-binary climbers to not only climb together, to build community, but also learn and grow from one another. Mm -hmm. I know when I first started climbing, as I mentioned, I, I love movement. I think it's so powerful, not just for obviously my physical health, but my mental health and my general well-being. Yeah. But again, climbing is kind of scary. The climbing community has historically been fairly homogenous. It can feel a little bit exclusive and climbing can be incredibly safe if you know what you're doing. And when I first started outdoor climbing, for example, it was really hard to feel I didn't find a lot of people that I felt safe and comfortable climbing with, people that could teach me and show me. Which is super important. Absolutely, particularly when you're outdoors. And one of the visions for Queers on the Rocks is not just bringing people together to climb and to show that we are here, there are queer climbers, there are trans, non-binary climbers, and we belong in this sport, but create mentorship opportunities so we can support and learn from and help one another so that we can build and thrive and show that folks of all bodies, all identities can enjoy and love movement and climbing. I love that. What, what do you think, Daniel, about just the lack of queer representation when it comes to climbing? You know, it, it's hard to say because I can only speak to my experience. Yeah. Um, I think the ge ge geography is really important to consider. Uh, you look out in the West Coast, like from what I've been told, the West Coast has like a really queer climbing scene and like maybe like up in the Northeast or the Pacific Northwest, you've got queer climbers. There is visibility. I think part of it's the, the geography and the topography uh, mm. because you look around the Chicagoland area, you don't have mountains out here. But if you live in L.A., if you live up in uh, Seattle, you've got mountains in your backyard. So I think a Across identities, there are people who have that immediate access to the outdoors. Whether you're queer, whether you're straight, whatever your race is, mm -hmm. um, you you have that immediate access to the outdoors. This lack of um, of, of representation—it's not just a problem within climbing, right? No, it's, no. it's a problem we're seeing across sports in general. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to see representation of LGBTQ athletes? just across all sports? I think it's important because, um, I mean, right now you look at our country, you see all this anti-trans le legislation. Um, you're seeing this uh, this uh, conservative project building towards like what what appears to be um, steps getting closer and closer to, towards queer genocide. You're seeing um, bans for trans athletes. Um, ultimately, I think part of what our vision is with Queers on the Rocks is creating that visibility, creating that access for queer people to feel safe outdoors. Because when I started going outdoors, when I started camping, hiking, eventually climbing mm -hmm. I found this new uh, this new freedom this um, empowerment of uh, when you're outdoors when you're climbing on rocks with just you and your uh, climbing partners you, there's no greater freedom you're not thinking about people uh, who are out in Washington deciding your ultimate future and like what you can and can't do in, your, in this country people who are uh, policing your bodily autonomy mm -hmm. you're just out in nature and you're feeling liberated ultimately like that's what we're looking for we are seeking liberation and that is that is what queer queers on the rock is we are we are activism this is activism yeah there can be a lot of barriers Danya, when it comes to sports i'm thinking for instance the gear that you need um, mm -hmm. for a sport like climbing it can be expensive right Absolutely. tell us more about the barriers that folks face when they try to enter climbing 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think cost is one of the big barriers. So you can you can rent gear, but it's... and and what what costs are we talking about here? Yeah, throw me some numbers. Let's uh, see here. So, I mean, yeah. So Dan I work at a gym. Um, a membership is eighty nine dollars a month. Okay. If you um, unless you're renting gear each time, um, you're looking to spend anywhere between like fifty nine to seventy nine dollars for a harness. You're looking to spend anywhere between uh, ninety dollars to two hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. You need your chalk bag, which is like you know twenty five thirty dollars, but then you mm-hmm. need chalk to go in the chalk bag, and so all these things start adding up. And like to my gym's credit, we do uh, try to, we recognize that cost is a huge barrier. So we do try to offer um, um, different programs. We do have a a RISE membership for um, low income uh, queer and BIPOC uh, uh, climbers um, for reduced rate memberships that you can apply for at the beginning of each month. We also um, offer certain uh, uh, free uh, months of rental packages uh, for people who who are in financial need. So we are trying to create pathways for people. Yeah. You can pick up where he left off, Donya. Like, how are groups like yours maybe helping to try to remove some of those barriers? Yeah. So Queers on the Rocks, we partner with, there's actually been a proliferation of climbing gyms over the past few years in Chicago alone. And we work with all of them, recognizing that there are people who who climb all across the city. Cost is definitely one of the major barriers. So when we partner with different gyms, we request that they offer reduced rates or free rates for LGBTQ identified people to support in mitigating that barrier to entry. And I think that's important. And again, I, I think visibility is a barrier. What with our meetups, and they've been happening about about monthly, but they are continuing to to pick up, okay. is half or more of the people that come in are new to climbing. They had wanted to climb, but they didn't know anybody. They mm-hmm. were a little nervous. They had some trepidation coming in, and it's one of the most inspiring and beautiful so things. So you're like constantly onboarding too, yes, right? <laughs> to see new people coming yeah. in, feeling like, oh... I saw a flyer for Queers on the Rocks. Oh, they're queer and trans and non-binary climbers. This is a space for me. Or, oh, I can meet other people who climb because I don't know anyone else. And again, it comes down to making climbing a space where folks of all bodies and identities can feel safe, can feel comfortable, and can create community. We have had days where we are pretty much taking over the gym. Mm -hmm. And everyone at that gym is wearing, we have rainbow belay tags as well. So folks can identify one another outside of the meetups as as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of the start, I mean, Daniel, you brought up uh, your path being, you know, from camping to hiking to climbing. Do you recommend that as sort of a, a way in? I recommend whatever gets you moving. Um, I work as a guide at First Ascent, and so I always tell people it's not necessarily that you have to commit to climbing. You have to commit to any of these extreme adventure sports. It's whatever movement that engages your passions that gets you out there, whether it's outside, whether it's in the gym, something that actually connects to your joy. Um uh, yeah. Yeah. You described this work earlier as activism. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. Why is this activism for you? It's activism for me. Um, I think of Adrienne Marie uh, Brown's uh, pleasure activism. Anything that brings you joy, that fosters that um, that joy inside you, really um, kind of filters out of you into your community. And it's this positive feedback cycle uh, where, you know, you're creating joy for yourself. You're doing something that makes you happy. Ultimately, like, you're going to infect that joy into other people. You're going to make them happy. And it, it, it just feeds out into larger and larger circles and so if you're working on i mean activism starts at home if you work on uh on creating cultivating joy for yourself um you're only going to be a better person you're only going to be kinder and more gentler with people and really that's what we need we need to be gentle and caring with one another yeah what are your thoughts on that Danya? yeah and i i love that daniel and i absolutely agree and 
I am outside of climbing. I'm also an avid runner, former fitness instructor, although did not okay. love that. <laughs> but I think movement is so powerful. And part of our project is movement is so amazing and so powerful, but so many folks don't have access. And part of what we're doing is we want to reclaim and redefine what it means to be an athlete or to be able to pursue athletic endeavors, irrespective of your ability. And that movement is and can be for everyone. And it's about finding the joy in movement. Uh, again, whether you are a competitive climber or you're just beginning, we want to expand access and uh, enable more people to as Daniel said, mm. really find yeah. that joy in movement. And I think to that end, I'd be remiss if I also didn't say, as we think about Chicago, there has been this proliferation of new gyms opening, of opportunities, but there are no climbing gyms right now on the south or west sides mm -hmm. of Chicago. Yeah, let's talk more about the scene here. I, I, I understood it to be unique, but that is news to me. Yeah, I mean, most of the gyms are um, condensed onto the north side of the city, so there's... Um, there's gyms up in Uptown, Wrigleyville, and Avondale, but you don't see anything down in Bridgeport or down um, near Hyde Park. Uh, it it does, you know, it does start looking like a class thing. You have to wonder, like, what what is it about the people who open these businesses? Why are they exclusively opening up locations in um, higher income neighborhoods? And mm -hmm. what and I feel like there's not there's a lack of consideration about like what barriers that is creating for there's people. There's a whole subset of people yeah. here in the city that don't think that they belong when it mm -hmm. comes to climbing. They'll just look at that and say, oh, that's not for me. Well, and that is predominantly people of color, black people, Hispanic people who do live in more concentrated neighborhoods down on the south side. Uh, we talked earlier about those challenges and those barriers uh, entering climbing. What do you think then, sum it up for us, what do you think needs to change uh, to improve things further? Yeah, some of that I think is the work that groups like us are doing and also doing work collaboratively. So we are one community, but there are a lot of beautiful climbing communities here in Chicago. We actually just had an event over the weekend with the an adaptive climbing group with a group called Sending in Color um, with Chicago Adventure Therapy. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we collaborate together and create safe spaces for BIPOC climbers, for queer, trans, non-binary climbers. Um, yeah, we, we there there has been an influx of newer special interest groups like um, off the top of my head, I think of Latino Outdoors that actually had an event with my gym a couple weeks ago. Nice. Um, the more the more that we can collaborate with all these um, other organizations of different identity groups, the more we can find the intersections uh, among these groups and uh, collaborate and unify uh, together to seek that liberation that I was speaking to orally, earlier. Yeah, and I, I like your mention earlier, of course, of, of trying to reduce cost mm -hmm. wherever possible. That's always helpful. I mean, ultimately, it just comes down to money. Who has money? How much time do people have to spend that money? It's expensive Doesn't to have a hobby. everything come down to money? Of, yeah, yeah. Of, of course. And, you know, beyond our internal organizing, we are doing the work on the ground. But there's obviously the larger systemic and institutional barriers. Why are people not investing in and creating spaces outside of the north side? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. There are, we... Yeah, so yeah. it's not just the work that we are doing. Right. I think there's it's a lot of other issues to Larger, to it's bigger. It's yeah. bigger. What's next for Queers on the Rocks? We've Ooh. got some, uh, we've got... More so, collabs? 
Yeah, uh, we have some events coming up. Um, we have or we we try to do uh, monthly or bi monthly meetups. Um, so we just had uh, a meetup at our at First Ascent Arlington Heights location earlier this month. Um, right now, we're still um, hammering out the details for our next meetup. But okay, it, it'll likely be sometime mid April. Yeah, so we are actually partnering with Arcteryx is hosting an All Rise Fest, which is looking to make climbing more accessible. It's April 29th at Brooklyn Boulders, Queers on the Rocks, and many of these other groups will be there so we encourage people to go and to check it out and and where do people who are interested in joining where can they find you online we are queers on the rocks we have a facebook group we have an instagram we do not have a twitter unfortunately oh. well, no twitter yeah <laughs> um and then longer term we've been talking not just about climbing but also out outdoors and diversifying the outdoors and creating more spaces yes. our so, longer term vision is also we like, want to do outdoor climbing trips mm-hmm. and organize like group backpacking trips group yeah. camping trips um create that space down in spaces like um kentucky down Lots at the happening. red yeah yeah well that was daniel bedoya and Donya Rosen, co-organizers of Chicago-based Queers on the Rocks. Thank you both for stopping by. Thanks so much for having us.